The following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. This is Showtime, Sean Smith, and you're listening to The Dirt World with Joe Dirt and Billy the Kid. Billy, will you put some dirt on my dog? No matter what, get out and see some dirt racing. Get some dirt on your face. Get some dirt on your dog. Yeah, dirt on your dog. Absolutely. With Billy the Kid, my name is Joe Dirt. Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. This is Showtime, Sean Smith, and you're listening to The Dirt World with Joe Dirt and Billy the Kid. Billy, will you put some dirt on my dog? No matter what, get out and see some dirt racing. Get some dirt on your face. Get some dirt on your dog. Yeah, dirt on your dog. Absolutely. With Billy the Kid, my name is Joe Dirt. Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com. And it's time for Dirt World. Joe Dirt and Billy the Kid. Let's do it, guys. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Dirt World here on RealRacingUSA.com. Somewhat of a postponed version for our Wednesday night Dirt Motorsports talk show with my good friend Billy the Kid. He rolled into the studio about three minutes till eight, but that doesn't matter. We're on time. I'm Joe Dirt. Good evening, everyone. And we certainly hope uh, uh, you've had a wonderful week and certainly look forward to a good week at the racetrack uh, upcoming this weekend. Billy, at least you brought uh, gifts at retail. Listen, man, I'm on a good salary here. I get here when <laughs> no, I want. You're right. You can't roll it you don't put in. a time clock in here, I might get here 15 minutes early. But since I'm on a salary, well, what, what next week it might be 7.35. I chalk it up to the fact that we don't do a whole lot of show preparation. This show actually comes together over a couple of days, and it's, it's simply just contacting drivers, and you and I spend enough time together to where we know what we're going to talk I about. I did show preparation. I jogged over here. Yeah, I know you did. Yeah, you jogged all right. You jogged all right. Hey, but at least you brought the lemon creams. 
Oh, yeah, they got some. Uh, Probably one of them down here. Got some cookies left. and uh, Wait, Girl Scout, that, that happened about two months ago, didn't it? Yeah, the, yeah, those are left. Oh, these are the lemonades. Yeah, stop carrying on. Very nice. Tonight we got a really great show in store for you. Um, we have five great guests uh, still waiting on a call from Billy Moyer. We still may get him before the hour's over, but uh, we have guests like Scott James, Patrick Shelter, Kevin Mills, who was injured in a wreck on uh, Friday night at Ocala Speedway. We're going to talk to him first thing out of the box. Uh, Jack Nosbick, who two-time uh, winner in a row at East Bay in the late models, and Randy Weaver, Friday night's winner of the uh, Southern All-Star East Series at North Georgia past Smokey Madden, who we cannot nail down on this show for some odd reason. Nor can we get him on trackside. Passed him on the last, or he told me today of passing with about three to go. But uh, Weaver's in church right now. They're an hour behind us, so it's going to be between, uh, he's in church between seven and eight, which is where he is right now. So we'll talk to him. This will be a long version again tonight. So we'll talk to him right after nine o'clock. I'm glad you brought cookies in. Hey, did you mention Scott James? James? I did say Scott James. The Silver Shark and the Silver Shark Motorsports. He was the first one I said. Okay, out of Bright, Indiana. We had him. We had him on trackside before he won the Screven deal last year, the Mm -hmm. Lucas Oil deal. I went for that deal, and uh, that's good to see he was on a roll. But it was shame to see the deal get get uh, canceled at Swainsboro at Paul Purvis's track. I was real excited about going to that deal and. uh, I guess from all the moisture they got during the week, man, we talked to him. He was on the racetrack grading it and stuff like that. But they, it was a week uh, prior to the event. So it had rained. When it rained it. here and rained at Brunswick, it had rained there the whole time as well. And uh, the rain was bleeding up through the racetrack, Joe, and they couldn't get it to stop. You ever heard that say you can't get the bleeding to stop? Mm-hmm. The, the rain was coming up through the surface. They kept grading and doing what they could. But I've seen this happen on asphalt before, and uh, there's just no way you can race on it. On asphalt, you could throw some speedy dry at the very top and maybe keep it from running the, I seen it at Speed World one night. It was running down through the walls, going into turn three. But uh, on dirt, I just don't think you can do that. I don't. I don't think there's any way to get around it. And for the driver's safety, they canceled the show, and a lot of guys uh, hauled boogie to Cleveland, Tennessee, and put some spoilers on. And what? Yeah, they, yeah, they did. And Billy Moyer went up there. That's that's not a track you're going to see Billy race at, simply because little will he race with the Southern All Stars. I mean, this is an opportunity. He figured he would make the uh, roughly about five hour trip up there. They had enough notes. So Billy knew he could indeed drive up there and, and, and well, when press too well. When this you deal, don't see him go there very often. When this deal gets canceled, now you start scrambling. You have That's to right. figure out something. And I saw Fitzgerald made it back to Volusia and ran. Sure did. And um, I talked to Tyler Ivey on the phone Saturday. I was trying to find him someplace to run. And uh, Did he go anywhere? I don't think he did. And, you know, I want to talk about this for a second. Tyler Ivey finished fifth Friday night of the Lucas Oil deal. Impressive. This kid is going somewhere. What I say in February, here. I he said, is, you deserve to be amongst these drivers. You've proven it all week long. I called him up. I said, you got your steel motor in the truck? He said, no. I said, if you did, you could probably ride the truck and change it while you know, while your buddy's driving and y'all could head to Florida. But they, they didn't. He, I don't think they ended up going anywhere. I think they headed back to Tallahassee and finished out the week. And, and this is a progression we've seen over the last, well, I mean, he started some two years ago driving this late model. And, you know, he learned. I mean, he didn't come out of the box smoking. He didn't come out hot. This was a progression of him learning. And let me tell you, he, he is way ahead of it at this point. To be in this car only two seasons and to be performing the way he is, very impressive for Tyler Ivey. To finish fifth among the, amongst the drivers that was there Friday night at Screven, I mean, you're not talking about Scott James who won the race. You're talking about, uh, of course, Madden didn't make the trip, but Owens did, Bloomquist did, Moyer was there, Earl Pearson Jr. was there. Hold on a second. I'm at number seven, and he finished fifth. Yeah. So, you know, he outran the best in the country there Friday night, and even though he only finished fifth, I mean, still, he still outran the best. And uh, I know he was on a high note for Saturday, and he was looking forward to Swainsboro, but it got canceled. But that Cleveland-Georgia race, the uh, Southern All-Star deal at Cleveland, I heard was one of the best Southern All-Star races ever. I heard it was three and four wide all night long, and 
Billy Moyer put on an exhibition there, but they said it wasn't without a fight. So uh, maybe we can get Moyer on in a little bit with us and we can talk about that. But if not, we'll nail him down for another night. Hey, and you can be a part of the program tonight. A couple of people already have, and that, of course, is Patrick Shelter's people. And Denise Straley, we'll talk about what Denise says on the email here in a moment, but you can be a part of the program tonight, folks. It's simple to do. Email us at dirtworldshow at yahoo.com. That's dirtworldshow at yahoo.com. Perhaps you have a question or a comment for one of our drivers, whether it's Kevin Mills, Patrick Sheltra, uh, Scott James, Jack Nosbish, or, of course, Randy Weaver. Dirtworldshow at even yahoo.com. If, even, even if you want to send a get well to uh, to Kevin Mills, you can just send it if you want to send it to us or we'll get his email address or whatever when we get him on the phone and talk about that. You know, talking about shelter, we, we're shelter. We're gonna have shelter on a little bit. People are sitting out there going, "Man, y'all just had shelter on a month and a half ago." And we had him on with Shannon Babb. We had him on and before Shannon the Babb, season. Yeah, since we've had him on, Shannon Babb has won a World Outlaw race. This is before Patrick's wreck. Yeah, and shelter got a, shelter got in a horrible crash at Daytona. Right. And uh, to see shelter, I went and saw shelter was at uh, Volusia. We, we went out and saw him in the motorhome, and he was laid up. His back was all messed up. But to come back. Which never missed a race. The second race was Salem this past Sunday to come out and win that deal. That's a huge thing for Patrick Children. I talked to him a little bit ago. He's in Talladega testing, so he's he's excited about being on with us. And I know Joe, it's a dirt show. We talk about this all the time, but he's got dirt roots, dog. Patrick Shelter is dirt. Dirt roots. All right, and I tell him that all the time. And you know, a lot of people are throwing around the word Cinderella story. That the term Patrick coined that himself for this deal. He said this was indeed a Cinderella story. And now, of course, he's focused on Rockingham, Talladega. Uh, a couple of good tracks. So he, I thought he said we'll find out when we talk to him sooner, but uh, in a little while. But I thought he said it after testing today. He was he was the fastest on the board at Talladega. So you know he was pretty fast. He was running third in the ARCA race or something when he crashed. We didn't get to see it, or I, at least I didn't get to see. We were at we were at Volusia. I didn't either. But uh, you talked to uh, he was running third and got in a bad crash. So he's I mean he's got his game going on. I said to him today. I said any any Cup teams call yet? He goes no. I wish they would. Hey, you never know. If he knocks down another one, you never know. Yeah, that's that's indeed a possibility. You know, I'm serious. And this is, let's face it, this is why Patrick's doing what he's doing. I mean, he left dirt to do this. Uh, it's a well-funded team with his dad. and uh, These guys are looking for young talent, and there you go. And, and let me tell you, Billy, their eyes have, our eyes have been opened after this weekend to see what Patrick did. Oh, yeah, to come back from that crash. Eyes are open now. To I just kid. saw that crash last week, first time I seen it. Did you really? On YouTube. He showed it to me, him and his girlfriend, in the hall, yeah. in the motorhome, that night at Volusia. It was horrible. It was hard for him to watch. He doesn't remember yeah. hardly anything, but uh, it was hard for his girlfriend to watch, and, and man, I just cringed when I saw it. That was a lick. Unbelievable. Absolutely incredible. Had a good weekend at Volusia Speedway Park. We had our fast our, our fast four racing, our four for four. It was a great uh, promotion. Four for 44. Yeah, you traveled to East Bay. Yeah, I went to East Bay Saturday night, and uh, probably make that trip again this week. I'm not for sure. I may take uh, may take the trip to Brunswick. Uh, they're running late models, and uh, I think their the late model count out there this weekend is probably going to be pretty big. And, you got to understand, a lot of guys are wanting to run that deal for the 10000 that Frankie's giving away at the end. And I know he pays 1200 to every time he runs the late malls, he pays 1200 to win. So that, that'll draw him from up in that area. And uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see who goes there. I, I think Tyler, for sure, Tyler's going to be there to defend his title. And talking to Whitener, they said they may run for that deal. Johnny said he may run for it. Uh, talking to Todd Woods this week, Todd Woods said they may run for that deal. So it'll be interesting to see who makes that trip this weekend. And you got to remember, when we was there for the United Dirt Late Mall Challenge Series, they gave every driver that signed in. Paid an entry fee. They gave every driver 100 points. So That's pretty cool. Those guys are 100 points ahead of the rest of the field right now. But uh, I got a little inside info this week that uh, there might be a chance they drop one race for the guys that didn't go to that show. So we'll see what happens. Got a couple of emails here. First of all, Denise Straley sends uh, her best regards and, of course, uh, get well wishes to 
Um, Kevin Mills, of course, they've raced with Kevin for many, many years. She misses you. Uh, young Dalton will be driving the number 42, driving for Dan Kerr now. Yeah, I'm excited about this deal. You I read should it. be. Dalton uh, won a heat race, and I might be mistaken, but I know I was so excited. He won a heat race, and then he turned around. I think he ran fourth in the feature. Yeah, I saw in this deal. What's he running? Uh, fourth? And I had to be two yeah, weeks ago. A little challenger. Yeah, two weeks two ago. Weeks Y'all didn't run it last week, right? That's right. But I saw the deal where they were, they're, they're doing this thing now about who's going to win that uh, Evolution or who's going to win at Ocala. And, and I saw there, there's a chance that he's going to show up with that four-cylinder gladiator at Ocala. And I tell you what, Dalton ran good at Ocala. He won at Ocala last year with his little uh, with his little Mustang. So I'm excited to see that, and uh, I think that'll be great. I saw this weekend where uh, Dan Kerr ran at Putnam in a four-cylinder class. Did he really? They had 21 four-cylinders at Putnam. They had a pretty good car count for him Saturday, and a little bit later on we'll uh, we'll go with their schedule for Beavis. Let me uh, key you in on this, and we're going to go to a break here in about three minutes, and, and on the other side of that, we're going to have Kevin Mills, but Frank and Chris Prouty, of course, out of Extreme Racing, good friends of Dirt World, and good personal friend of mine and yours, yeah. and uh, just great people. This is pretty interesting. Uh, Chris writes, hello, guys. When you have Kevin on the phone tonight, you need to ask him about the 100-lap race that he won on Saturday night. Let me tell you what happened, she says. After he got out of surgery, still under sedation, in his mind, he was racing. He was talking out loud about what lap he was on, like there was a caution with 45 laps to go. And after he took the checkered flag, he said, yes, I get the big trophy. This is great, man. Uh, Tanya Lewis, uh, his sister-in-law, of course, you talk to Tanya frequently, and Trish, his wife, uh, they had Chris on the phone telling her the story, and uh, uh, she thought it was hilarious, just thought she'd let us know about that. That's That right there, he's a racer through and through to be, to be uh, like that under sedation. Well, you know, I'd, I'd never like to see anybody get hurt in a race car. Every time somebody gets hurt, uh, it seems to take the air out of you. And uh, Friday was a bad deal for me. Um, I saw what happened was Costello spun out going into turn three. We was practicing. And I looked up, and there was a drive shaft laying in the track. Well, I thought it came out of Costello's car. I went out to pick the drive shaft up, and I noticed Costello was driving off. And I looked down the back straightaway, and there's pieces and parts everywhere. So I started heading down there. Little did I know that Kevin was parked up on top of the hill there, and he was hurt. He's waving his hand, and, and, and anybody that knows, when I see somebody waving their hand, I'm usually the first one on the scene. Even when I was flagging, if somebody got hurt below me. And I, I, I realized a little bit after I started picking up debris that now the ambulance was over there. So I hauled Boogie over there, and I realized that Kevin was hurt. And, um, you know, that, that's a bad deal when anybody gets hurt. It, it, it doesn't matter what kind of injury it is, but... Uh, we're going to have Kevin, like you said, we're going to have Kevin on after the break, and he, he can discuss what's happening with everybody. But I know Kevin had some surgery on Saturday, and uh, I'm just glad. He, I talked to him this afternoon, and I'm just glad that Kevin's doing better, and I know that sooner or later he's going to be back to racing. And uh, I'm glad he won that 100-lapper Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> that hey, that's hey, I, can't wait I just wonder if I was flagging or if Ronnie, Rock and Ronnie was flagging. Oh, man, hard to say. Uh, I'll tell you what happened. When I was under sedation, I had a couple of minor surgeries, and it was full, complete uh, – you know, they put you out. I was done. Uh, I was slowly coming out of it, and I was swinging on the nurses. So uh, I don't know what happens to me when I'm uh, in that vulnerable position. Yeah, I, but I was swinging on them, Billy, and they were scared. And, I, and I, I'm not like that, man. Come on. See, the difference is when I'm under sedation, I start dreaming about women. You guys are swinging at them and shit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's what I was doing. Good Lord. But uh, thanks to Frank and Chris with Extreme Racing, Denise Traley, and uh, everybody. Once again, Dirt World Show at Yahoo.com. We are just getting up to full speed here, folks. On the other side, we'll talk to the young man involved with the crash Saturday night, Kevin Mills.
Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. This is Daryl Padgett, driver of the number 46 Wells Brothers Farms Ford, and you're listening to Joe Dirt and Billy on Dirt World. No matter what, get out and see some dirt racing. Get some dirt on your face. Get some dirt on your dog. Yeah, dirt on your dog. Absolutely. With Billy the Kid, my name is Joe Dirt, Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com. Time to get back to the action with Joe Dirt, Billy the Kid. This is Dirt World. Welcome back to Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com with my good friend Billy the Kid. I'm Joe Dirt. What a pleasure to be on board with you. Somewhat of a postponed edition for you tonight. We started at 8 o'clock. We're going to go through, oh, maybe even until 9.30. Certainly hope everybody in the chat rooms and wherever you might be listening online are able to stay with us throughout the entire show. Got a jam-packed lineup. And, of course, as we promised, this young man that, of course, has made his mark in short track racing throughout Central Florida over the past several years, uh, debuting the all-new late model Friday night. He comes out of Satsuma. We're just glad to be able to have him on the line tonight, Kevin Mills. Kevin, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing fine. How y'all doing? We're good, Kevin. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us tonight. Uh, Billy kind of set us up to what happened, uh, of course, being there and an eyewitness to this incident, and uh, certainly one of the most freak things I've ever heard at a racetrack. You know, you talk about sprint cars and the dangers of those cars with, of course, the drive shaft being right in between the legs, but, you know, transmission coming apart like that and going through the floor of a late model, uh, you just don't hear about that very often. No, sir, you sure don't. That's 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 kind of what happened. I mean, uh, I'll tell you what, man, I don't, I don't wish that pain on nobody. Kevin, at what point did you realize what had happened, or, or I actually was able to see some photos of you climbing out of the race car, and you looked like you were okay, of course, with the exception of the, the major injury to your elbow, but did you realize what had happened when it was happening? Right when it was happening. As soon as, it, as, soon as I heard the big bang, it, uh, my elbow and everything all at the same time, it was like just split second, you know, right there. Billy, you were there, and, of course, you set us up a little bit. You talked about Billy Costello's drive shaft. Did you have any indication at all that, that Kevin had a problem on the racetrack? No, that's what I was saying. I, it was actually ended up being Kevin's drive shaft. It wasn't even it wasn't even Billy's drive shaft. Oh, very shaft. well. Okay. Billy had spun out in three in practice, and you know three and four is always a little damp there when we get started. And I I, I wasn't sure, and I saw Kevin roll up there, and I thought maybe he. I, I mean, if he saw the drive shaft, maybe he was thinking Billy had a problem. But yet that I realized that later the drive shaft belonged to him. And like I said, when I realized that that was the transmission, and everything down there, and I seen him, I seen the ambulance there. That's when I ran down there and realized that his arm was in the. Well, I knew his elbow was in pretty bad shape, and, uh, and Kevin was in—he was in a lot of terrible pain. And you know, you, like I said, you don't—it's something that you don't train for. Uh, you know, we learned this when we, when we had the deal with Mike Corcoran at, at Volusia. It's—it's it's something that nobody's ever prepared for. And you know, and I'll be honest, I, I think a, a lot of my tow truck guys, instead of hooking to the car, which is what they should have been doing, I think they were more worried about Kevin. And I don't blame them for that whatsoever. But you have to let Cody. The security guy, or the 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 uh, EMT, the EMT, do his job, and, I, and and the only way he can do his job effectively is if everybody backs up and nobody panics. 
And 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 I think uh, when I showed up there and realized that Kevin was in pain, that's the first thing I did was not panic. I said, and, and the question is, how are we going to get him to the hospital? I don't think that's the question that should be on the mind. Just call Evac and let's get let's get an ambulance here. You understand where I'm coming from? But of course, you know when the when the transmission or whatever it was hit Kevin in the arm, it actually went through right where the shifter and stuff is, that little wall in the late model where they put that interior. Yeah. And you know, to be honest. There ain't nothing stopping that when that happens. We've seen it happen. When, that, when them things explode, it's like a piece of dynamite going off, and we know what dynamite can do. I mean, it, it just explodes stuff. And when I looked inside the car, it had just it had just destroyed that piece in there by where the shifter and stuff was. And when I looked down at Kevin's arm, I knew I knew it wasn't good. Kevin, and that's what I want to talk about next is uh, the actual uh, damage to the race car. Certainly your injury is the most important thing that we're focused on, and we'll definitely get into that and, and – recovery process nonetheless what happened to this transmission what makes these things as billy said explode well um it was it, it was my that was my sportsman car uh, to be honest with you it was a three-link car that's my old late model from okay. last year right and i uh i three-linked it to make a sportsman out of and i was really down there just practicing with it really okay and it was a it was a four-speed muncie and it just the gears just blowed apart inside of it i mean wow like the transmission just like you said, it come all apart and there was pieces everywhere and we picked up uh, every piece of that tranny. It Remember? it shattered it shattered my elbow and when I got I got my X rays Friday night, it was uh like fifty three bone particles in there. Good yeah. lord. Yeah, I knew it was shattered. And, Good lord. And, uh, yeah, but uh, I'll tell talk you about uh, some of the, my, talk, talk about some of the things you went through Saturday. I know you had to do some surgery and tell tell us what's what's coming here, what's gonna happen next. Oh, uh, yeah, I went through surgery. I went into surgery about 11 Saturday morning, and I didn't get back up to my room till 5 o'clock that afternoon. Wow. And I don't I don't really remember too much Saturday as far as Saturday night and stuff. I do know that uh, my good buddy, Billy Costello, he stayed at the hospital with me all night, man. Did he? And, you know, that's a friend, you know? No doubt. No doubt. And that's what, that's what this is all about. It's all about family and everything, you know? I hear you, Kevin. It just hurts me, you know? Cause yeah. now, I'm, now I'm down for a while, and I can't go help him, you know, but. I'll be all right. back. That's all right. I mean, he knows where you're coming from. I mean, he was yeah. there for you, and when you get the opportunity, you will certainly be there for him. There ain't no doubt. Oh, yeah. And you guys both yeah. coming out of Satsuma, knowing each other <laughs> with a close relationship. But uh, and you're right. That is what this is all about. And uh, you know, your lovely wife Trish is telling the story about that hundred lapper that you won after that race. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that, man. That's a good story, right? I, there. I, don't, I don't even know nothing about it. They were telling me I was talking about racing, and I was. Driving and they had a caution and you know all kinds of stuff. Well, let me <laughs> yeah. ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let me just let me put this out there. What lap did you pass Costello to take the win? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's awesome. So you, you talk about know. Costello and uh, the Costello, you know, the whole family there. I mean, this is something, Joe, that that I realized when I was at Palaka the year I was there that yeah. the people that support that racetrack. Are great people. I mean, you got the Millses, you got the Lewises, you got the Costellos. The people that run there every week, they're great people. When they get out to other venues, they're still great people. And to watch what happened there, you know, Friday, and when I left there Friday night, I saw the two trailers sitting in the parking lot, and 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 I heard that Billy had stayed there. I wouldn't expect anything less out of Billy. I, th- I think right. the great friendship that Kevin and Billy have as a race team, they're a yeah. team. There, there ain't no I in team. Uh, I tell you, I will tell you one thing that that got to me a little bit Friday night, and kind of I kind of broke down a little bit was when your little boy came up to me and said, "I just wish I could be with my dad." And I put my arm around him and I said, "Son, 
I said, when this is over, somebody's going to take you there, I promise you. And, if, and to be honest, if he came to me when it was over and said nobody would take him, I'd have loaded him up my truck and took him. I didn't care, but yeah. I knew I knew right at the time it's probably not the best time for him to be there. And I told him yeah. to enjoy the races, and when the race was over, he'd get to see his dad. But, you know, that's another thing with a family and, and stuff like that. Whenever I was working at Putnam, uh, I made a great friendship with with your son, and I mean he's a great kid. And, and to see what he was going through Friday night, it was hard on him too. And you know, you know, Kevin, there are too many like you guys, man. Right. I just want to say, man, that everybody out there that's listening, man, if they run dirt track or anything, man, you don't know, you don't ever know, you know, you know about these transmissions or nothing, man. And I'm my car, the whole the whole right side driver's compartment is getting ready to be done in three eighths aluminum diamond plate. I'm going to plate it all, so I don't have to worry about none of that happening again as far as coming in there and getting me, you know. Well, that's that's one, that's one of the things that I preach a lot, too, is expect the unexpected. And I, and it's yeah. hard to. It's hard to. You never know, man. You you never know what's going to happen underneath one of them race cars. As much torsion they're under and stuff like that, it's 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 a hard situation. But yeah. we're, we're, glad you're, we're glad you're going to be better. How much longer do they say? How many more surgeries or... Uh, no, no more surgeries. I got to go Thursday to see the doctor, and then hopefully they're going to take this off and start my rehab, so my therapy. That's great. I mean, your elbow's not the only thing that was shattered. It broke your arm too. Is that correct? From the elbow up to the shoulder, yes, sir. Oh man, yeah. So, so Kevin, what 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 would you what would you say to other drivers, with the exception of, of course, you building this, you know, three eighths aluminum diamond plate? Uh, is there a installation method is there a particular transmission brand or or essentially you just saying don't cut corners anywhere yeah just support it as good as you can as far as you know mounts across the back and stuff like that you know because you know i don't want to see this happen to nobody man i don't want nobody to go through the pain i went through friday night was the worst worst night of my life you know well you know you you talk about doing things and, and and making it better for next time but just got to hope there's not a next time, not for you or not for anybody else. And yeah. and I know that safety, you guys are real big on safety, and we've seen a lot of things happen. You've guys seen a lot of you've seen a lot of things happen at Putnam. Oh, you yeah. Know, yeah. Hell with Sean Pollock flipping as many times as he's flipped over there. The guys don't cut corners on race cars, and and I don't. Oh, think, I, know. I, mean, I don't think this could have. You know, to be honest, this probably couldn't have been avoided regardless. If that yeah. transmission explodes, whether it explodes in your car or, or somebody else's car. There's a good possibility that where it exploded at, and with your arm being where it is, something's going to get you. Whether your arm be, whether your elbow be shattered and your arm be broke, or if it just knocked the hell out of you and you got a bruise on the arm. But you know, Kevin, you, you just keep your head up, man. And oh yeah, yeah, we'll be back. I, I mean, hell, you I ain't gonna let it get me down. We're gonna be back as soon as I get, as soon as I get, uh, start going to therapy and stuff like that, and I can start bending my elbow and stuff. I'm gonna get back started working on this thing and thrashing on it, and getting it ready, and I uh, hope to come. Go down there on Saturday nights, on Saturday nights, and see your buddy there and run with the big boys at Volusia. Hell, you, hell, you're ready to go. You got a hundred lap under your belt already. <laughs> you got the big trophy, trophy bud. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just want to thank everybody at Ocala Speedway too, Billy. All the, all the uh, tow truck drivers, man. They were great, dude. I'm telling you, man. I mean, they got, you got my helmet off, and they got me out of the car, and I asked them to do that, and I. You know, I mean, I, I was just in so much pain, dude. I just, well, you know, I had to get out of there. You know, that's a part of we have a we have a great crew and uh, yeah, definitely. Like I said, we, we from from all of us there, especially we hated that happened to you, and yeah. we're gonna miss you there until you until you come back, and we know you're excited about racing and uh, yeah, yes, sir. I think yeah, I talked to 
I talked to Angie tonight, and I'm, I'm gonna try. We're gonna try to make it down there Friday night to watch the modified show and stuff. And uh, I told her I needed to give her a hug because you know she she really she told me and my family that anything we needed just to let them know and they'll get it for us. So you know right, they're not, they're great. They're great. They people really hit there, me man. good. Yeah. yeah, and they they mean what they say. They're great people. Yeah. And they don't like to see anybody get hurt either, man. They they right. really don't. And, Nobody likes to see, in that whole deal in racing, nobody likes to see anybody get hurt, whether it just be a scratch or or, or a, a, a broke arm or a broke leg or anything. Right. Nobody likes to see any of that go down. And, uh, yeah. You know, it's, uh, like you said, you don't you, you don't prepare for something like this. And I think I'm very proud of my guys. I think my guys handled yeah. it so well. I'm very upset at myself because it took me a little longer to get there than what it should have taken. But I was down the back story picking up parts. I had no earthly idea that yeah. that, that happened. But, you know, I mean, but we're looking forward to seeing you back soon. Oh yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back. It'll be a couple months, but I'll be back out there again. And I want to congratulate all the feature winners this weekend. Uh, we'll be back. You lose me? No, we still got you there. Okay, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. Can't hear you. Kevin, okay, we just want to thank you for being on Dirt World tonight. It means a lot to us, man. All right, thank you. I want to thank you all, too, man. All right, Kevin, see you, buddy. Okay, see you all later. See you will soon, and call me if you need me. Okay, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, man. Kevin Mills. Just a freak thing Friday night, man. Just a, just a, just a freak deal, and uh, just a, the worst part about it was he's on the other end of it. And uh, what he said about Billy Costello is true. I mean, Billy stayed at the hospital all night, and, I said it before and I'll say it again. That's what happens when you put great people around you and you have great friends. And uh, Joe, that's you know that's friends and family. You know that's that's what it's about. Absolutely, absolutely. It's also about the winner of the Salem race for the ARCA Remax Challenge Series, Indian Town's Patrick Sheltra, right on the other side. <laughs> Presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. All You Can Eat Buffet Inventor. Mr. All You Can Eat Buffet Inventor. You've given us the real American dream a tray, 15 feet of food, and a little sign that says, Go nuts, buddy. Pitch me, I'm dreaming. Pushing side dish innovation to its limits, you offer creamed everything and 400 flavors of gelatin. Feed it friendly. If there's beef, you'll chip it. If there's chicken, you'll fry it. And if there's gravy, well, then everything's going to be okay. Thank God for the gravy. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light buffet, boy. You know the way to a man's heart and a few hundred tasty ways to challenge it. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, Fort Collins, Colorado. This is Locomotive Johnny Collins. You listen to Billy the Kid and Joe Dirt on Dirt World.
This is Real Racing USA, and you're listening to Dirt World with Joe Dirt and Billy the Kid. Welcome back to Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com, a postponed <laughs> edition here tonight. We'll go in from 8 to probably a little bit after 9 o'clock tonight. It's been a great program thus far. Still a whole lot of talent left to go in the final uh, 45 minutes of tonight's edition of Dirt World with my good friend Billy the Kid. I'm Joe Dirt. Pleasure to be back on board with you. And as we promised, we have nailed down perhaps one of the brightest young stars of uh, racing in the country right now, uh, a young man that we certainly have a great relationship with, watching him grow up on the dirt tracks here in Florida, certainly Volusia Speedway Park. Comes to us out of Indiantown, Florida. And ladies and gentlemen, he has turned the racing world on its ear this past weekend, picking up the win at Salem, Indiana, in the ARCA Remax Challenge Series. Ladies and gentlemen, Florida's hometown boy. Patrick Shelter. Showtime. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank y'all, man. How y'all doing tonight? We are wonderful, Patrick. We we know we can always reach out and call you and get you on, whether it's Trackside tonight, Dirt World, whatever program Billy and I are doing. I know you're available, and, and what better time to talk to you than only three days after that amazing win at Salem. Patrick, I'm going to let you set it up, buddy, because there's, there's you're the only one that can do it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, it was awesome, you know, to... Uh... To go there to Salem and win a race, uh, first soccer race and first asphalt race, really to talk about. And uh, you know, after after the wreck at Daytona, you know, everybody was kind of down. The whole team was down, and they didn't know what to expect when we went back in the car for a race. And you know, I just knew I had a high expectations, you know, and I had to go there and prove to everybody that I was ready and willing to get back in this race car. So you know, it all started out when on um, Saturday we went for qualifying and. Uh, we went out there and we uh, set uh, fast time for a little bit, and uh, we ended up fourth. And we knew we had a good race car. We just had to keep the fenders on it. And you know that's when John Hayden, the crew chief there, he uh, he knew what he had to do for pit strategy. You know and that helped us out a lot. You know a lot of people came in on the first stops at four tires, and I kind of looked at him a little funny there when he said, "Hey, we're coming in for a two-tire stop." I came over the radio and said, "Are you sure?" Everybody else is getting four. He said, "Yeah." He said, "Uh." Just hang on to it for, you know, 100 laps or so, and then we'll come back in. So we came back in, and we got four tires, and, man, I think it was a rocket ship. That's a treacherous little racetrack, too, man. I mean, High Bank, Salem, Indiana, it's got its own personality. Patrick, what I want to know is at what point of the weekend, obviously it was right after qualifying, did you realize, oh, my God, I might be in the best position I've ever been in ARCA competition to perhaps win a race. Was it right after qualifying? And if that's the case, what goes through your mind, man? What are you starting to feel at that point when you when you feel that you may have a car that can win this race? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it was kind of weird, you know. Uh, we went there a week, uh, two weeks before the, the race, and we, we did a test. And uh, we left there with real high expectations. And uh, the guys just were so pumped up and ready to go back after the test with the times we turned. And, uh, you know, we knew we had a car to beat then. But we just kept it down low and, and kept it to ourselves. And we went back for qualifying, like y'all said. And we knew then we really did have a car to beat. When everybody was there, everybody qualified on the end on time, and, and we're still sitting fourth. Wow. You know, we just we sat down and, and we said, you know, we gotta keep the got to keep the fenders on it and can't get in a wreck and got to watch all the lap cars. And we got to stay up front for the majority of the race until we pit. So we, we just stayed up front, you know, and kept the fenders clean and, we just ended up front, man. It was just—it was awesome. Patrick, you're, you're giving me cold chills, man. I mean that. I'm not lying to you. Last I mean, time I saw this guy, 
He's laid up in the motorhome at yeah. Speedway Park. Going stir-crazy, Billy. He said, man, I want to be out and there. It was a week after the wreck. This is what I said to him. When you coming back, that's what he said. I'm going to win Salem. Wow. Yep. Wow. Dude, you I, I got you. telling me that in the motorhome? Yeah, I Remember? do. I, yeah. I, I mean, I do. I mean, you know, we, when we went, John promised me, you know, that's crew chief, and all the guys promised me that they would give their heart, you know, and They'd put everything in a space card to make sure I was safe and to make sure we won this race. And I mean, for them to do that to me and tell me that and pump me up, you know, I just got to go out there and give my heart out to them and, and do the same thing. Get them pumped up for the next couple, you know, couple races to come. I saw you in that motorhome, Patrick, and, and you were pacing the floors, looking at. We were watching the video. We found it on YouTube. You didn't remember a lot of it, obviously, but you were pacing. And I'm thinking this kid right here, if he didn't have that thing around his ribs he'd be out there right now racing oh yeah you know I, when i was waiting in the hospital there me and my dad got to joking around a little bit and he's like hey you think you're gonna get back in the race car i said dad i said yes i am and i, I looked at him i said my right foot still moves i can i can match the gas still in my dirt car i promise i wow. said let's go racing this week and he looked at me and said man there's no way we can he said but i can tell you what he said if you get out of this hospital and do what they tell you to do he said i'll take you to the dirt track races you know, we went there, and we watched my other car run, you know, Shannon Babb, and yeah. he didn't have the best of luck down there, but he had real good, you know, real good luck and learned a lot, and he went off to Houston and won. So, I mean, yeah. it, it's all we, good, man. Last oh, time no, we no. had you on the show, we had you on with Shelter, and that was a great... No, with Babb. Yeah. I mean, with Babb, well, that was a great relationship you and him had, and uh, for him to go to Houston and win one, the first World of Outlaw races of the year, that's that's got to be a great thing, too, Patrick. It is, you know. I mean, our dirt program's really stepped up with Shannon. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to Florence, Kentucky this weekend, and uh, go there and try to steal five grand from them. And uh, you know, we we led the race there last year until one to go, and we got taken out by a lap car. So, you know, with Mark Saul and and all them guys there, I'm sure he'll do a pretty good job there and and go off and take that. So, we're really excited about that. And uh, you guys have rejuvenated Shannon Babb. You know that, right, Shannon? Uh, right, Patrick? You've rejuvenated this kid's career. Not that he needed that. I mean, his uh, his success, of course, speaks for itself. But to get into the Shelter Motorsports ride, man, I mean, to, to watch his attitude during February, all smiles. I mean, it, he was a different guy. And I'll tell you, obviously, that's carried on to the you know the beginning of the 2009 season. And uh, he's showing some, he some more relaxed. performance. He really was relaxed. Like no stress on him. Yeah, you know, whenever he was, I mean, Whenever he was racing with, with the people he was racing for, uh, you know, he was under a lot of stress. He couldn't go to where he wanted to go. He couldn't be home with his wife. You know, was, they, they were split up and not split up, but, you know, they were away from each other during the week, and he only got up there so many times. He's seen his family so many times. And, you know, with our deal, I let him do his own thing. So he can stay up there with everybody, and he can visit with all his family, friends, and he's still got a shop right there at home. So it's just like he's, Bab's racing for himself. And, uh, all right. I mean, it's just awesome for him to go out there and win races and, you know, be himself. And, and that's what we're all about is just being yourself and winning races. So. We're talking to Patrick Shelter out of Indian Town, Florida, a young man that uh, finally broke the ice in the ARCA Remax Challenge Series, picking up the win at Salem. Uh, a true Cinderella story came right from the uh, right from the mouth of Shan- uh, Patrick Shelter here tonight. If you'd like to uh, perhaps chime in on the email, you got a question or a comment for Patrick, do so at Dirt World Show at yahoo.com that's dirt world show at yahoo.com patrick a couple of big races coming up for you you got talladega Rockingham. these are a couple of tracks that uh, i would think would suit your driving stuff yeah you know we're we're going to uh Rockingham the 19th uh 
we tested there. We had a real good car, and you know we're just going there just like we went to Salem, and uh, you know hopefully we end up with a with a checkered flag and a win and and bring it all home. But uh, you know we're shooting for a top five, you know if not a win. So we're here at uh, Talladega right now. You know we got to test there for the race for the twenty fourth, and uh, today we left uh, after lunch there on the leaderboard. You know top of it. So you know there's good things happening at Shelter Motorsports, and all the guys are are just putting all their time and effort into these cars and, and making them the best they can. How much did you party Sunday night? <laughs> well, you know, we knew we had to get to work Monday morning, so we didn't party too much. Cause we, we didn't I didn't ask about them. I asked about you. Actually, you know, I went with them, so I didn't party too much, I'm telling you. Uh, uh, we knew we had to get back in the shop Monday morning and and uh, get all these cars ready for here. So we didn't I didn't see the smile on your dad's face. No, oh, man, that's one thing, you know, my parents and... And everybody else, Rick you know. Oh, yeah. Hey, I bet Grace went crazy, too. Oh, yeah. You know, for my parents, you know, shit, you know i got to thank them for everything they've done for me. I mean, they've been behind me 100% uh, since day one, and and to get them that first win it was just awesome. Patrick, talk about your uh, nationwide opportunities. Which races are you going to make in that one you're going to try to make? Well, you know, we really had not sit down and thought about it yet. It all depends depends on the uh the championship in the Arcus Remax series here, what we do there and, and the races we do because we're going for a championship this year in this deal. So we gotta find races that don't conflict with these and, and do that deal there. And uh we're gonna try to run seven of them this year and then uh full season in two thousand ten. You got Ferguson on board for the long haul? Yeah, Ferguson's on board. Uh we you know, we're working on a couple others there that are down from home and and worldwide. So I mean it could be a big deal. No doubt. Patrick, uh, uh, again, congratulations from all of us here in Florida, uh, up there at Talladega, certainly uh, having a good time on that uh, that super speedway. But, uh, man, we're going to be watching like always. And what kind of eyes have been opened? Have you gotten any uh, any phone calls that uh, perhaps surprised you over the last couple of days? Yeah, you know, I did. Uh, I was on the way home uh, Saturday, and I got a text message there, and I looked down at my phone, it was David Reagan, you know, and, and – he just said, hey, man, great job. You know, it, it means a lot to win there at, uh, at Salem. You know, that right there just, just shows you how hard it is to win at Salem. When you get a text message or something like that or a phone call from one of them guys, you know, Ken Schrader was one of the first guys in the picture lane to uh, congratulate me and, wow. and all that stuff. And he's really hard to beat there. And, you know, Frank Kimmel, all them guys, you know, everybody from Arca was real nice to me and they came over and congratulated me, all the drivers and, I mean, you couldn't ask for nothing better. I bet you they were they were all just as excited as you, especially with the last time they saw you, uh, you know, with the deal at Daytona. And I know you're excited about Talladega. You was testing, like you said, you were testing it today, and you were the fastest on the leaderboard. And uh, I know you're focused on winning a championship. And I think, Patrick Charlotte, I think this is the, the most focused I've seen you in a long time, my friend. So I think the ARCA series, ARCA Remax series is in trouble. <laughs> well, you know, that's what that's what the whole team says and a lot of people say, you know, and we just got to take that momentum that we had at Salem and, you know, and today. And we had real good momentum going, you know, leaving the test at Daytona and stuff happened there. But, you know, we, we just move on from that and we just take the momentum we got from Salem and, you know, from here today and, and just go forward with it and hopefully we can uh, take that on through the year. 
Patrick Shelter, of course, driver of the Ferguson Enterprises, number 60 Chevrolet Monte Carlo for Shelter Motorsports, the, the winning team at Salem, Indiana. Patrick, man, what a pleasure to have you on board. Enjoy the rest of this week before you got to get back to work this weekend, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. But All right, man, I appreciate everything. Uh, All right, Patrick. You guys are awesome. All right, man, we'll see you soon. All right, man. All right, buddy. Patrick Shelter, right. different guy. Different guy. Grown up. Different guy. It took a win. It took this situation at Daytona, okay, to, to be involved in what is being called perhaps the worst crash in ARCA history. It, it is being called the worst crash. It took him being involved in that, being out of the race car for two months, coming back, winning his first race back. This kid's, this kid's all brand new, man. Well, I think, uh, I think the whole situation, is he was focused. When we talked to him and Shannon Babb that night, Shelter was pretty focused on that deal, and uh, sure he was. And I think the Daytona opened his eyes, and I don't know that I don't know that it. I mean, I think the thought of after the crash at Daytona, the thought, like his dad said, the thought of getting back in the race car, I don't think ever crossed Shelter's mind. I think, I think no. Patrick was always willing to get back in this car, but I think now he's had an eye opener and he has a different motive, and that is win, win, win. And I'm not saying that because he won at Salem, but I'm telling you right now, man. I walked in his motor coach at Volusia to check on him, and that's what he. I said, "When are you gonna run again?" He goes, "I'm gonna win Salem." Wow! And he won. And and to to see the pain that he was going through, Joe, this is a this is a a, a young fellow that that we watched grow up in the sport of dirt racing at Volusia and all over the southeast, and now he's a he's an ARCA Remax winner. It's huge. Yeah, that's that's not too bad on that that situation. There. Not at all. Not at all. The Silver Shark picked up a win on Friday night at Screvin Motor Speedway. We'll talk to him out of Bright, Indiana, when we come back. It's time to get back to the action with Joe Dirt and Billy the Kid. 
Take it away, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Welcome back to Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com with my good friend Billy the Kid. I'm Joe Dirt. Pleasure to be on board with you here tonight. Of course, a postponed version of the program, but so far so good. And uh, as he promised, he was available for us here tonight, certainly checking in at a bright Indiana, the driver of the Powell Motorsports, number 83. We call him the Silver Shark. Ladies and gentlemen, the latest winner in the Lucas Oil Late Model Series, picking up the win in Sylvania, Georgia, on Friday night, Scott James. Scott, thanks for taking a few minutes with us tonight, buddy. Oh, no problem. Glad to be on. Man, it's our pleasure. We've had you on the track side tonight, and I think it was last year, as a matter of fact, after the Screven race. Now we've developed this uh, dirt-generated motorsport talk show, and uh, once again, we can't thank you enough. But uh, during the break, the music was kind of loud, but uh, Billy the Kid, he said, Scott, you kind of like that little Screven, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty good for us. We've been there twice, so uh, we're two for two. I, I can't ever uh, about think to put of a bounty on you. <laughs> Everybody keeps saying you need to find out when the next big race is down there, but I don't think we're going to be able to make it. Um, we got point races, so I, I, I like the place. I don't know what what it is about uh, us going down there, but uh, obviously it's a fit for us. Hey, you know, you were runner up back in 2008 to the Lucas Oil Late Model Series uh, Championship, and obviously you've aligned yourself with what appears to be uh, one of the two biggest series of late model racing in the South or in the country, rather. And uh, to to transfer down south and uh, you know, run with them, uh, you know, down in Georgia and to do what you've, you know, accomplished what you've done in the last two years. This says something, Scott. I mean, uh, certainly uh, our best opportunity, Billy and I, is to see you at Volusia during February where you usually give a very good account of yourself. But, uh, man, when it's time to really, you know, get the rubber on the road and, and really start points racing, then that's when you start to really shine, it looks like. Well, last year, you know, it was actually in 07 we ran runner-up to Earl. 07, uh, last yeah, year. very well. Last year was a last year was a tough year for us. I, you know, we we tried to pinpoint what happened. We were we had a couple things that w- that didn't work out for the program last year. But I mean, coming out of Florida this year, we were in uh, we were in a um, a different car with a different team. Actually, it was it wasn't a different car; it was a rocket car that I'm used to driving. But it kind of it kind of let me get my stuff here at home, be fresh. When we got started on this Lucas deal, once it came out of Florida, even the World Outlaw deal out of Volusia. My stuff was ready to race, so that made it easier for me knowing that when we left Florida after 12 nights that we didn't have to rebuild two race cars or rebuild motors or whatever, and and, and that's I think that's helped us. But yeah, we're I mean, we got a lot of guys that work on the car, you know, that uh, that are, are very very helpful and um, give us a lot of a lot of their own time um, during the week when when they have a job too. So that's that's been very helpful this year so far, and hopefully we can carry it on. Took out Bubby James on board. Yeah, my dad. He was in the shop with me all day today. So I just, I just, just pulled out of the shop and locked it up when the phone rang. So we've been in there all day working. It's been a pretty long day. For sure. When you guys made the trip south this week or this past week, you were looking forward to scrubbing on Friday and Swainsboro on Saturday. With Swainsboro getting canceled, did that throw a wrench into your schedule, or what did you do that night? Did you hit something else, or did you just head back home? No, we ended up going to uh, Cleveland Speedway. Uh, and we went to the Southern All-Star race down there. And, and actually, I, I really feel like we had a chance there uh, to win that race. We started 13th, and we we had moved up to the top four, um, and we got spun out on a restart, basically. And uh, we went all the way back to the tail, and uh, we worked our way back up to six. So uh, I was real happy with that. It was the first time ever there. 
So hopefully uh, we can get a Lucas Oil race there and uh, go back there and run. It was a it was a good race. Billy Moyer won, but uh, a lot of the Lucas guys left uh, Scraven and uh, traveled on up to uh, Cleveland when Swainsboro canceled. So it was almost like a Lucas Oil race. Yeah, how, long, no how long did it take you to get there? Uh, I think it was seven hours. I, I think six, seven hours. I'm not so what, sure. It, it, what time it, did we, you realize? What time did they let you know Swainsboro was canceled? Yeah, done. We found out about 11:30 or noon, and we rolled into Cleveland about and we didn't even stop so uh, Atlanta Atlanta was pretty pretty much backed up and that cost us an hour but but we got there in time we were like the last Lucas guy there Um, so you know it worked out for us and we were glad we got the race on the way home there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of guys that took off that way and uh, with the Southern All-Star deal they didn't really have a time for you guys to be there by that worked out really great right 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 yeah they I think you know they did whatever they could do I, I don't know if they held the show up or they just the way their format is allows them to run a late start because they usually just lock the top ten qualifiers in, and then they only run three B mains. So, you know, they get rid of all them heat races basically. So it, it allowed us to get in there a little late, and, and it, it worked out well. I wish it wouldn't have spun out. Got spun out. I think we uh, definitely would have ran top four for sure. You know, and I don't know what would happen once we got the fourth, but then we had to work our way back to the front. And I I didn't really want to run the top of the racetrack. I had set up to run the bottom, and once you get behind all them cars, you really gotta you know, do whatever you can to get back to the front. We just, we burnt the right rear tire off probably halfway through the race. So, wow. But it worked out. We got back up to six, so it was a good run for us. You guys gave uh, the, them East Tennessee people quite a show, it looks like. <laughs> I mean, they're expecting a Southern All-Star East show, and here comes the Lucas Series. Coming the most fun <laughs> rolling into town. Come to Cleveland night for the Southern Lucas race. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. They, uh, I guess it's been on the Internet that they want the Lucas Oil Series now. And, they, yeah. so, and I actually... Actually, I had a phone call from uh, a Lucas uh, official wanting to know how much I liked it, and I said, it was really, you know, a really great racetrack. Uh, you could race all over it, and that's all you can ask for when you get in one of these cars is if you can move around on the racetrack and you don't have to get in a freight train and run around and follow people. Was the stands pretty packed? Yeah, they had a really they had a pretty good crowd. Uh, I heard the crowd uh, was pretty Cleveland. good. They yeah, said that yeah. that's the best Southern All-Star race they've seen there in a long time. <laughs> sure it was. <laughs> well, it was fun. It was fun, I can tell you. It was, uh, I, I, just, I, I just wish I'd have got to see the race for the lead. I've seen it on video. It was, it was a pretty good uh, race by Moyer and McDowell, but uh, we, wish, we wish we would have been up there. But we, uh, you know, we worked our way back up there close enough, I guess. They, uh, they paid Southern All-Star money. Uh, Southern All-Star money for the gate, but they saw Lucas race. <laughs> <laughs> well, the yeah. Southern... Them Southern All-Star guys are pretty tough, too. I mean, you throw Chris Madden in there and Randy Weaver and, and all them guys that run that. But, you know, that's not – them guys run pretty good. You look at their, their track record, I mean, you, oh, yeah. you know, it's hard to go in and beat them guys anyway. And, uh, you know, and Dale McDowell, he, he grew up at Cleveland. So, oh, yeah. you know, he, he's, he's probably logged more laps there than anybody. So, you know, when he rolls in the gate at Cleveland, you know, everybody's like, oh, now we got to beat Dale, you know. So, but uh, it was it was fun. Scott, you're right there in bright Indiana. I mean, right in the heart of the country, the crossroads. I mean, you're in the Midwest, and you've got a you, you got choices to make. Certainly, the world of outlaws with their UMP program very strong in the Midwest, and now, of course, uh, Lucas Oil with the road to Wheatland. I mean, uh, they're right there. What what has made you align with the Lucas series? I mean, uh, you're you're not you know married to any any particular series. Nonetheless. You know, you'll come down to race some World of Outlaw stuff or whatever you can for UMP at Volusia. But what what made you, what kind of threw you over towards Lucas versus World of Outlaws? Just curious. Well, this is my fifth year with the Lucas, so we've actually, you know, pretty much committed to doing it with them. And uh, it's just, when when I listened to Forrest Lucas talk after the first year that I ran it and uh, listened to um, 
the, the vice president talk um, at the banquet, it just the way they said that they were going to build this series, it's sort of how I've had to build my racing program over the years. And they, they said they weren't going to go too big too fast. And if you see the last five years that this series started, they've they've kind of grown up, you know, and came and getting bigger and bigger, you know. And, and that's kind of like what I want to do with my racing program. Got to have respect for that deal. But Definitely. As I do every big guest we have, which is once, twice, three times a week, if you could win one race this year, which one would it be? Well, I feel like uh, I feel like we've gave a couple away at Eldora, um, especially the last last two out of the three dream races. The one that Scott beat me, he passed yeah. me on in the lap ninety seven and the ninety six or uh, two thousand six, and even the year Case Bowl, we had a uh, we had a right rear birdcage lock up on the right rear. We still ran fifth, but we had a big lead in that race before it locked up. So I feel like you know we're we're, we're very close at Eldora. We've been close. Um, the dream of the World 100. Obviously, that's uh, that's one of the races that everybody wants to win. But then they moved this uh, Dirt Track World Championship to Lawrenceburg. And actually, yeah, my shop my shop's in Bright, Indiana, but I only live a mile from Lawrenceburg Speedway. So, wow! If, if I could win that race and collect that fifty thousand in my hometown, that would be pretty huge. So, one of no. those three races right there would be uh, what we would uh, probably shoot for this year, and 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 the challenge in the Lucas races every weekend with with the point guys that are running this year. Um, you know, obviously it's hard to beat Earl Pearson, but uh, yeah. it looks like Bloomquist, uh, Moyer, Dale McDowell, Jimmy Owens, uh, myself, and all the other cast of guys that have ran it over the last year, Bart, Case Bolt, you know, Schleeper, uh, everybody like that that's ran it. That series, is, <laughs> it's pretty tough. I'm not taking nothing away from the Outlaws. Obviously they've they've got all the great drivers there is out there. It's, it's just good that there is two series and we can all go out this and make – and race for a living is something all of us enjoy. You know, there's there's several dirt late model drivers, and, and we talk to guys, uh, uh, you know, at your same caliber each and every week, and, and we're blessed to be able to get a hold of you guys. And I just got to say that you guys are always so amicable. I mean, you're so ready to, to, to be interviewed on short notice, and we thank you for that. But uh, you, you just mentioned a handful of drivers, and uh, certainly uh, most of those drivers will cross over and race with you. Uh, out of everybody that you race with, you know, big name late model drivers. Who's the guy? And, and I hate putting you on the spot, but this is what the listeners want to know, Scott. I'm going to ask you: Who's the guy that you just enjoy racing with more than anybody else when you're side by side with him? Um, probably because we kind of grew up together, and I, I don't know if 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 I enjoy it or I just accept the challenge. And it's basically Steve Francis. We've been friends since we were kids. Uh, wow. My dad used to drive for his dad back in 1980, 81, or 82. And uh, we we grew up together. We've known each other since I was I don't know seven eight years old, and he was ten. And and just just the way he brings it to the table, and you know he's going to get everything out of his race car, and sort of just you know you you, you go after it like he goes after it when you race with him, and he kind of brings maybe brings you to that next level. That's how I feel, um, you know. And and I enjoy racing with him, and he kind of I think I think me and him we just. We're a lot alike in a lot of ways, and uh, we just enjoy ra- I enjoy racing against him. It's interesting. We had him on two weeks ago just before the Colossal where he was trying to defend that win, but uh, he said the same thing you did uh, as far as the fact that there are two series running around the country, and uh, he really enjoys that. I mean, they don't look at this as negative. Uh, Steve looks at this as, man, this is wonderful because I'm going to try to make as many Lucas races as I can, World of Outlaw races, and, and, and you know, I mean, he's not – you know, like I said earlier, married to anything, but uh, 
That's interesting. You guys kind of have the same uh, same <laughs> thoughts when it comes to that. Yeah, well, it's it's tough. There's a lot of guys out there, you know, that they're trying to do this for a living, and uh, we need both series to survive, and we need the independent series to survive, and you know, we also need the the big races that aren't sanctioned to survive. You know, because um, and and it's neat that we can all come together and have the big races when nobody else, when there's no sanctioned races, or or we're off and they're off, and we can go run the World 100s and the Dreams and North South. And you know, all the major races, and you bring everybody in, and you, you know, that's 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 the challenge that it brings and exists. And when you bring that together, and then you can go, and you can and you can challenge for a win in them type of races. You know, I think it shows that you got a pretty top-notch program, and for us, it's been pretty successful. And you know, I I owe everything that I've gotten racing to anybody that's ever helped me. That's for sure. So I, you know, I I really do. You know, and I enjoy it. And uh, it's a drag sometimes, but. You look at it, and you know there's a lot of people that like to be out here doing what we're doing for a living. And and then when you look at it that way, it, it, you just you just go do your job, and and you know you're lucky to be doing it like this. Absolutely, going to lighten things up a little bit now, Scott. And uh, I'm all about the nicknames being an announcer. Trying to coin my own each and every week, but uh, tell us where the silver shark came from. Uh, it's kind of a long story. I I don't know. It's 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 not real long. We one time we decided to put some angelfish on the side of the car on the bottom back eight nine years ago. Okay. Cause angelfish, when you put them in a fish tank with a bunch of fish, they eat all the other fish. That's right. That's so, right. So we decided to put sharks on the car because sharks uh, they're pretty dominant in the ocean and gotcha. and they'll eat a lot of uh, a lot of their uh, fish out in the ocean. And that's right. so I guess uh, if you look at it, that's why we you know we can silver shark because obviously one of these days I think everybody's goal should be. That they want to dominate, you know. We we haven't done that. We've we've done pretty good. We haven't dominated, but uh, that's always our goal, and that's how we became the, the nickname, the Silver Shark. Absolutely, I think it's uh, well fitting, young man. Scott J, <laughs> thank you so much for being a part of the show. Uh, of course, uh, Scott drives the number eighty-three, the Powell Motorsports effort coming out of Bright, Indiana. Watching folks in the Lucas Oil Late Model Series in two thousand and nine. Scott, thanks for being on Dirt Road, buddy. Hey, it was great. I appreciate it. Anytime you guys want to. Give me a call and get us back on. Uh, I'll do it anytime. I really enjoy it. Thanks, man. Hey, no problem. All right, buddy. Hey, that's hey. Scott James, of course, out of Bright, Indiana. And I'll tell you what, we talked to him last year after Screvin, and there's another driver that just seems more focused than ever. What is it about this season with these guys, man? I mean, their their nose is to the stone this year. Yeah, it's almost like it's I, – I'll tell you – one thing that I think it has to do with, I think it has to do with the economy. I think, uh, I think, uh, like he said, he's racing for a living, and I think it, it makes it a little tougher for you. And I think, and when uh, times get tough, you get up on top of your game and you knock down wins. But you know, you talk about the uh, the Screvin deal. He won that deal last year, and he won it this year. And, and Scott James is is not one of your your big time names that everybody realizes. Now you and I know him very well. I mean we watch him frequently, but right. you're right. Go carry on. You don't you, when you think of uh, super late mall drivers, you might name off ten or fifteen or twenty guys before you name off Scott James. He's just like Brady Smith. He's in that same yeah. that same group right there. But you, you look what he said, he he, uh, he got up the fourth at Cleveland on Saturday, get there at six o'clock, so he's behind the eight ball. I'm sure he's been there before. I don't know, so who knows how much practice he got on the track. Climbs the fourth it's turned around, and, and, and today it's like, it's okay, you yeah. know. But I think the biggest thing is I think Lucas has added $90,000 or ninety five grand to their points fund, and he named, you named, you named the guys that he named that's going to run for that championship, Bloomer, Jimmy Owens, Owens, Moyer. 
Earl Pearson. Earl Pearson. They're all going to run for it. Now, this this makes this series pretty competitive, and it makes it pretty tough. It was surprising. He said, well, the World of Outlaws has all the good drivers. I was going to immediately disagree. I mean, he just named, you know, a half a dozen guys that are just at the same caliber as anybody you can name in the World of Outlaws. Well, I think the World of Outlaws have some named drivers. I think Babs chasing that deal this year in the – I'm a big Bab fan, as, you, as well as you are. Of course. Uh, as far as the other guys that run that series, like the Clantons, we've had them on here. We've had Shane Clanton on, which he was the winner this past weekend at the Illinois 50-year Illinois 100. So congratulations to Shane Clanton. But you look at Clanton, you look at Josh Richards, you look at you look at uh, Steve Francis, you look at Rick, Rick Eckert. Dan um, Sleeper. Sleeper's running the Lucas deal. But, yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. But, but where, do, where do we go from here now? You know, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong in the World of Outlaws series. I think the World of Outlaws is on top of their game as well as Lucas, but I think Lucas has got everybody's eyes open because he did it. He has done this exactly the way he said. He's not going to kill you in racing every week. That's right. He's put together a premier series with the premier drivers, and now he's putting more money into it. If he added ninety grand this year, if he added ninety grand next year, look out, World of Outlaws. And he has gradually made it to where he's at in 2009 for us, Lucas. Yeah. Folks, we're going to try to get the two-time winner at East Bay Raceway Park. Of course, uh, when we come back, Jack Nosbich on Dirt World. Your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. This is Lawton Minshew, number 23. We're down here in East Bay. We're on Dirt World with Billy the Kid and Joe Dirt. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Pro Sports Heckler Guy. Mr. Pro Sports Heckler Guy. They say those who can't play coach. Apparently, those who can't coach sit 30 rows back, shirtless, shouting obscenities. Thanks to you, our team is armed with game-winning tips like catch the ball and throw it. You stink. That sucks. What a bunch of losers. Not just catcalls, but subtle psychological ploys to prod your team to victory. So here's to you, old Sultan of Shouting, because while there may be no I and team, thanks to you, there's always an F and a U. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. And you're listening to Dirt World with Joe Dirt and Billy the Kid. Well, welcome back to Dirt World. And on the line with us right now out of uh, 
uh, where you want to call him from. I call it East Bay, Florida, Gibson, uh, <laughs> Tampa. <laughs> the driver number 12, two-time consecutive winner at East Bay and the Adams Hughes Auto Parts, the Land Truck Center, number 12, Rocket, Jackie Nosvik. Jack, what's up, man? Not too much. Just working on the car here. Well, we, we won't take much of your time because we know you're said you had some found something wrong with the motor in the car today, but we wanted to have you on because winning two times in a row at East Bay is a pretty good accomplishment for you. Yeah, it is. We've been, got this new car, and we had some problems early on, but finally getting it straightened out, we're working pretty good now. So. Jackie, what's different uh, in 2009 at East Bay? I mean, uh, you talk about you're having motor problems, looking at some valve springs uh, in particular. Nonetheless, what's different for you this year? I mean, uh, can you chalk any of that? success up to track preparation or to someone that really doesn't know about East Bay, is that pretty consistent week in and week out, the track prep? Yeah, I mean, this year they went to the 21 tires where before we ran 15 compound tires. So the 21s, is, is, is everybody, it's been a struggle a little bit for everybody getting them working right. But uh, as far as the track preparation, it's all pretty. it's been pretty much the same for the last couple of years. Uh, you know, you uh, last two weeks ago you outran your brother, and any time you outrun Keith there, that's a pretty good feat inside itself. That is, that is that's because you never know about him. The last five laps is when he starts coming on, and and this uh, week, this week Jeff Matthews, who's been pretty tough, he's got a couple wins this year, or at least one already. He won open the night in both classes, but you know you you you've been on a pretty good little run here for two weeks in a row, and. I think you got things going the way you want it to be going. And, uh, you know, some of the things that you plan on doing, I know they got a 40-lapper. You guys are – Adams Automotive is putting – or Adams Use Auto Parts is putting on a 40-lapper there in a couple of weeks, and I know that's what a lot of guys are looking forward to. And I'm sure you and uh, Keith are, are two that are looking forward to as well. Yeah, we are. That's uh, something we wanted to do. So, And uh, I think everybody's going to pay 2000 to win, so I think everybody would be pretty excited to go to it. Should be a pretty good race. You had 30 late models there last week. A lot of guys are getting ready for that deal. I also saw on the schedule where they're having a Thompson Memorial uh, Memorial Day weekend at, at East Bay Raceway Park. Uh, yeah, they're, they're they're putting that on too, and that's uh, I'm not sure what that pays. I think it's 3,800 or something like that. So, but that's why I've been down there just trying to get some practice and get everything set up for a couple of these bigger races having here, so that maybe I can win one of them. Even though you've been racing there most of the year and the, the series has series only ran two races, uh, will we see you at the series races any, or are you going to kind of stay close to home this year? No, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to them. I just, I was just, uh, at the beginning of the year, I was having problems with this, getting this car working correctly. And right, now we've got it, car. And now we got it figured out a little bit better, so up here, Pretty shortly, I'll start racing on it series again. That'd be good. But any, you know, anytime you can win right up the street at home and uh, outrun 30 guys as you did last week, and there was 30 good cars there. Like I said, Matthews was uh, pretty good. He was running a crate car, and uh, it was a pretty good. I tell you, Jimmy Walter, who was parked next to you, had a pretty fast car and got sent to the back for something that was out of his control. But uh, you know, your your brother was off at the Charlotte deal. But I I still think I've been talking to you this week on the phone. I still car that was a class of the field, so I, I don't think it really mattered who was there Saturday, or Saturday night. Yeah, I, there's there's a lot of good cars, and Jeff's been running real good this year. He's been he's been tough at almost every race they've had down there. So it just it almost matters that 
if you can beat them all, get out front first, and you know what I mean? It makes it a little easier. This week they have features only because they have a boatload of classes there uh, Saturday night. They're having features only. What's the what's the what's the schedule for that deal? If they have thirty late models, how would they how would they determine the 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 the, the lineup? Well, I think if they, uh, I think what they said if they get if they get thirty cars, then then we're gonna have to run heat races. I, I wish uh, we did that evolution one time. So, they were in like seven, six or seven classes down there Saturday night, and I wow. saw the thing where it said feature only. But I was trying to figure out if they have 30 late models like they did last week. I mean, you had 30 late models there Saturday night, and you had four or five guys that weren't even there. I mean, let's face it, Keith wasn't there. Keith was at the car show in Charlotte. Right. Rich Pratt took the night off. He's been racing down there every week. Right. And a couple, a couple of the other local guys had missed too. So, you know, it's hard to say. Yeah, I know last year a few times we went down there, they had 35, 36 cars. You know, that's pretty, that's a lot for a local night. Volusia's not running late balls this week. Some of them guys might yeah. head down that way. You never know what's going to come of that, but eh, who knows. Anyway, you go for three in a row this Saturday night. We don't want to keep you very long. We know you're working on your motor, and uh, we just want to say from Dirt World, we wish you the best of luck and uh, con- and hope the success continues for you through 2009. Absolutely. Yeah, I hope so, too. I, so far, the year's been good. I mean, it's, even in the crate races, I ran real good in them. So everything... Everything's going going a lot better than what it did last year. Last year I struggled the whole year, pretty much. Keep on so. keeping on, man. It's your turn, no doubt about it, Jack. All right. Well, I, Thanks. All right. Keep working on that car. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk to you guys later. All See right. you, buddy. Call you soon. All right, fine. Call me if you need me. Yeah. Jack Nosbick, um <laughs> is, is uh, entertaining some success right now at East Bay, and he'll tell you, just like Johnny Collins told us before, on top of the world today, on the bottom of the world tomorrow. So you never know, man. He goes for three in a row at East Bay this weekend, and uh, I think I'll make the trip just to check and see how he does. Huh? He oh, outran Lucia needs a flag man. Like I said, East Bay's running late mall Saturday night, so I'm sure that's why. Lucia needs a flag man. Okay, well, get out there and do it. You want to borrow my sticks? I wouldn't mind trying that. You to be should. honest with you. Be better than what you got. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. We need to step back and get Randy Weaver when we come back, our final interview of the night.
time to get back to the action with Joe Dirt, Billy the Kid. This is Dirt World. Hey, we're back here. Dirt World, Joe Dirt, and Billy the Kid. The email, folks, at dirtworldshow at yahoo.com. That's dirtworldshow at yahoo.com. Hopefully you're enjoying being a part of the program as much as we enjoy bringing it to you each and every Wednesday night. As we promised, this driver, of course, coming out of, uh, well, right around Crossville, Tennessee. They call him the dream, ladies and gentlemen. Driver, the number 116 with us here tonight. Coming off a big win this weekend, Randy Weaver. Randy, thanks for being with us, man. Thank you for having me. It's certainly our pleasure. Randy, you uh, uh, have developed a relationship with uh, our buddy Billy the Kid over the past uh, year and a half or so, and he keeps in close contact with you. And There's just a lot of things going on up there in Tennessee and the eastern region of Tennessee where you uh, uh, have made your home, and uh, certainly we'll talk about that. But uh, most importantly, it was a big weekend for you this past weekend, no doubt. Yeah, we... Uh... I mean, the 116 team has actually had a real good year. Uh, I believe we talked another day, every race that we finished, we've not finished no worse than fourth and had several shots at winning some races but never could just uh, kill. But uh, definitely Friday night we had a good car and, uh, you know, put on, a, put on a real good show for all the fans and uh, anymore that's as important as, you know, uh, doing what we do because without them we couldn't do it, that's for sure. No, Friday night you was at North Georgia, and then uh, Saturday you headed off to Cleveland for a Southern All-Star race, but with the deal getting canceled at Swainsboro, uh, kind of turned out to be like a Southern Lucas race is what we called it with Scott James a little earlier. But I know some of the other drivers, like Scott said, that when McDowell showed up, he's been around that place so many times. And I know, Randy Weaver, you've been around that place a lot yourself, so when these other guys showed up, it wasn't intimidating at all, was it? No, it didn't really bother me, and, you know, I've done it long enough to to know that, uh, you know, if, if we can have our, our team where it needs to be and have the car and make the right choices, you know, uh, there's way more than a handful of guys that can actually win those races or run up front. But, you know, it was uh, it was good to see Billy Moyer and them guys there. We actually had a little mechanical problem that put us uh, behind all night. But, uh, you know, we've raced with those guys before, and any time all them guys can come to town, uh, you know, I look forward to it. I told somebody that, earlier that night they said who all was coming and i said hey well i look at that if we don't make this race we're going to at least get a watch a good one so it worked out <laughs> no way right. no doubt about it you know the, the biggest thing is a lot of drivers wouldn't wouldn't say that a lot of drivers would be upset because they show up but you know last year i went to crossville tennessee for one week and uh built a relationship with uh you and your dad and your family and i realized then when i left there that you know the dream weaver is a, is a pretty pretty good race car driver and a pretty and a really great person but, you know, you talk about this deal happening and you talk about these guys showing up. It doesn't affect you at all. And that's one of the things I realized about you last year. You ain't afraid of nothing. Well, I appreciate all that. And, you know, uh, you know, I owe a lot to my dad because, you know, he not only raised me, but he got me involved in racing and has he done it as I was a little kid. But, um, you know, I just feel that we're way too fortunate to get to do what I love to do uh, for a living. And, and, uh, you know, there's not not saying that I know that there's some guys out there that's definitely more dominant and, and got more talent than me, but I told them on the interview after winning the race Friday night, you know, a lot of these guys will probably win a lot more money than I'll ever will, but there probably is not a team there that will have more fun. So 
you know, we, we, we look at it on a, on a, um, level that, you know, we're lucky to even be in that position. So if we can win a few, that just kind of tilts the glass our way. And, and, uh, it's a privilege to actually get a race with all them guys. And, and, uh, a lot of people just have too big of ego to probably say that or, or admit that, but, uh, you know, I just love what I do, and if we can win races, that just makes it that much better. You're one of a few drivers that travel around and pick and choose the shows that you want to run, and uh, I'm, I could be mistaken, but I'm probably almost correct. You're not points racing in any series, are you? No, we just, uh, there's too many good racetracks around our region that pay some big race, uh, big money races, and it seems like the times that we was going to take off and do some points, We'd end up driving by two or three places that we ran well that was actually paying more money. So I've won seven or eight championships as far as just local track championships, and I never did see where that excelled anything any better than going out and winning some bigger races. So we just like uh, kind of pick and choose and whatever our team's got going on because a, a lot of our part-time help, you know, they've got jobs and we just see where we can get to and for the most money, and that's usually where we go. Well, Randy, in 20 years, obviously over 260 career feature wins. Your goal to win 350 before you retire. Uh, you got a whole lot of years left, and just like you said a moment ago, you've got so many great racetracks up there in that region, and, and you guys are really blessed to have that uh, uh, those you know, resources up there. Here in Florida, there are two premier dirt tracks, and, uh, you know, that's what we have to pick from. Certainly when you get up to Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, man, you're in the hotbed of it, and, and that's that's got to be the neatest thing about, you know, living up there. Yeah, I mean, I really love it because, uh, you know, like you said, we we was talking about that the other day from a guy that actually runs in Florida, and, and we named off, uh, now they're not all open now, but five years ago they was, in an hour and 15 minutes, we could be at eight different racetracks. And the thing of it is, you really start appreciating that more. And I'm not knocking anybody's racetracks, but when you get off to some of these tracks, uh, I've been to a couple in South Carolina and, and uh, you know, a couple in Georgia. I mean, and, I, and there are some what I call uh, racetracks that needs attention in Tennessee, too. But you really, you really start realizing that, hey, I've probably learned uh, on some of the best tracks around, which I think that helps me when I go out of state into some bigger races. But it don't hurt to be growing up, you know, when you're racing against Scott Blomquist and Jimmy Owens and all that stuff. Work within an hour of them, and you know, it kind of makes that learning curve a little tougher. But once you learn, uh, it kind of pays off once you get out on the road. No doubt, you guys are traveling. It looks like the Florence, and then of course uh, Smoky Mountain over there. Uh, Smoky Mountain right in your own backyard, but. Uh, Florence, Kentucky, that uh, 50 lap up there, and, uh, and of course, we, you know, you look a little further down your uh, your website, which is very impressive, I might add. Looking on down the uh, schedule, you guys are taking this. It looks like month to month, and I think that's pretty admirable, right there. Yeah, it is because a lot of times, uh, of course, weather's been playing a big factor here lately. But uh, I know a lot of my fans get on to me because I always tell them to check. Uh, the website the Wednesday before that weekend, and <laughs> All we'll, <right>. week to week. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we'll and we'll we might change it up on them, but uh, and I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of fans that follow me, and I appreciate all of them. And uh, but the thing that we do is um, 
we definitely don't dodge anybody, but we just look again and see what our team can do and what's the most feasible for our sponsors because, as we all well know, racing is not up there with Mobile One and Exxon on uh, making money. So, you know, I, I although I can pretty much go where I want to go, I just don't want to abuse anybody and, you know, take advantage of what I've got because I've got a good group of guys that help me and all the sponsors from GRT to Hoosier to Race Engine Design. I mean, it takes a lot of people to keep me going, and I don't at no time want to take advantage of them. I want to do it like it was my money, and, and that way maybe we can have a, a longer relationship. Yeah, realistic goals. I mean, it's that simple, Randy. It's realistic. Yeah, I mean, we all want to win the world, but, uh, you know, and I don't mean the world 100. We want to take, <laughs> to take it all. But, you know, realistically, you just got to put it in perspective and, and, and set your goals high for your team and for other teams it might not be that big of a deal but one step at a time and uh, you know every once in a while we'll mess up and win one of these big races and <laughs> people will have to start taking notice. Well you know a lot of people listening maybe listening from the state or outside the state here a lot of people don't realize that he, Randy's exactly right there's a lot of great race tracks in Tennessee there's a lot of great series in Tennessee that, that Tennessee Thunder Series runs up there it's nothing for one of them racetracks in Tennessee to have a show. Look at last week. Last week, even with Lucas running at Swainsboro, the Southern All-Stars run at Cleveland. And, I mean, they was going to have they – were, they were up to have a, a very good show like they had at, at North Georgia the night before. So there's always something right there for people to pick and choose. And an hour and 15 minutes from him, you know, at one time, eight racetracks. But, you know, he named off Jimmy O and Scott Bloom because probably within an hour and 15 minutes of the house, there's probably 300 great late model racers in the, in the country. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And one thing, too, to add to that, you know, Friday night, uh, you know, I didn't take the lead to like two or three laps to go from Chris Madden. Well, same way at Cleveland, that deal turned out to be the last eight laps before Moyer cleared McDowell. So it, it's actually super good racing on top of being convenient for all the fans. That's something that people don't realize that in the state of Tennessee, it is a hotbed for late model racing. And I don't really blame the, some of the drivers for not traveling, and I'll be honest with you. I think if I was up there, I'd find a way for them not to have to travel, have something yeah. for like five or 10000 to win. I wish they would because, <clears throat> honestly, and I, and I know it takes everybody to make the full circle from fans to racers to promoters, but if you could ever get uh, two or three of these better tracks to go together and, and maybe uh, just alternate each week, have four racetracks and their week is the second week of every month and so on and so forth and let them be scheduling that and it would be I, I think it would be impressive to how many people would would back that deal not actually make it a series just make it a region deal and uh and and like i said we've got some of the better racers uh in in the country so i mean it would be easy to go watch uh watch 50 race cars and probably 30 of them could win any night so uh but Maybe that'll happen here in the next year or so. Randy, uh, we, you know, we've talked about your career, your uh, your goals, your accomplishments, and certainly, you know, insight on, uh, you know, short track and dirt track late model racing in the region. But let's talk about Friday night, dude. You you chased down Smokey, a uh, handful of laps to go, and uh, man, you took it to him. I mean, at what point did you guys realize, good lord, I, I might just make a mistake and win this race? Well, the the time we was there before, we come from 12th and got to 2nd. We had to pass some real good cars from Shane Planton to Clint Smith and those guys. So we went back with basically the same setup, of course, and just kind of fine-tuned a little. But 
we took off, and once I got by Jonathan Davenport, we ran Chris down and could only get to about three car lengths, and it seemed like we were just identical on lap times, just back to back to back. And, and honestly, I sit there and I thought, dang, I'm going to run back into this guy again. And I mean, I've run three or four seconds this year and, and had chances to win some big races, just couldn't get it done. And things like after the last caution, for whatever reason, Chris couldn't fire. I don't know if it was tires or what. And I was all over him. <clears throat> and we started rolling around to the outside of him. Some, and, of course, crew doing like they should do. They was telling him what was going on. Well, we just got in traffic about the time they told him that. And uh, he left the door wide open. And I, I got in there as hard as I could. And, I mean, we touched and some tire smoke and nothing crazy, but just good hard racing. Everybody there was standing on their feet, and, uh, you know, we got to leave with, I think, two laps to go and and uh, pulled away a little bit. But, uh, you know, that's, that's what my team needed. My guys worked as hard as anybody else. And and I told them, you know, the week before, there's a lot of guys would want to run four or five seconds, whatever we done, and never ran any worse than fourth and went to a couple of tracks we've never been to. and But still, that win just kind of, puts them in a different gear and, and keeps everybody pumped up. So now we're looking forward to the rest of the year because we've had a good car all year so far. One race that you could win this year, that you want to win this year, which one is it? <laughs> oh, well, narrowing it down to one, I've got about 21 probably. But uh, I would really, and, and it's kind of crazy, and a bunch of fans kind of aggravate me about it. And I think we're going to go uh, – but it would be nice if the dream won the dream. So yeah, that's, that's, that, that would be my dream. So uh, we're going to go and we're going to shoot for it. And last time I was there, we won a heat and we started fourth in the World 100 and had uh-huh. a tire go down. So, I mean, we know we've been there and we know we can do it. That was only about my fifth time, I think, ever being there. So kind of excited about that. But I also know it takes a lot of luck to go your way yeah. to get that deal. But, you know, as long, as long as we're wishing, I might as well wish to. That's going to make it easy for the writers and uh, certainly sell a lot of T-shirts if you do that one, uh, Randy. No yeah, <laughs> I might actually have to order some T-shirts. <laughs> you, you darn sure better. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he drives the Glens Auto Parts, Jerdan Wreckers, Team GRT, number 116 in the Crossville, Tennessee. Randy Weaver, man, what a pleasure to have you on Dirt World tonight. Can't thank you enough, man, and we'd certainly like to be able to tap into you real soon and talk to you again. Yeah, anytime, guys. I appreciate it, and you guys keep up the good work. All right, Randy. Thank you so much, buddy. Thank you. Talk to you soon, Dream. All right. Thanks. Bye. Randy Weaver. There's a guy, self-funded operation for all intents and purposes. Got a couple small sponsors, but this guy's won some. uh, He's won some big races. He won the blue gray. I mean, that's that's the biggest one he's won yet. He's won some races in his time. Uh, Met this guy last year. Actually, before I made the trip to Crossville, I got him on the phone and talked to him a little bit. while I was there, got to meet him and his family, and you won't meet a you won't meet a finer family in racing than the Weavers. And uh, pretty much grew up at the Crossville Raceway, and uh, pretty much had us in line to help you know help get things the way back it, the way it should be. And uh, things just didn't work out. And uh, still have contact with the Dream, talk to him uh, once a month or so, and uh, see how he's doing. But uh, great to have him on tonight, and to outrun Smokey Man, who we can't get on the show. Some odd reason he can't be a ghost with us, but we'll get him on sooner or later. But uh, Dream Weaver, you heard what he said. When them guys rolled in Saturday, it didn't hurt his feelings whatsoever because he's out. We're going to watch a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if I don't make it, we're going to watch a good one. I got an interesting little uh, tidbit for you here. Did you know back in 1993? Yes, I did. 
That's unbelievable. In the NASCAR Slim Jim All-Pro Series yep. at New Smyrna Speedway, Randy Weaver won the Red Eye 100. Yep. Isn't that cool? Yep. Randy Randy Weaver, um, earlier this year, was hooked up with Stremia a little bit. And uh, at the, not this past January, but before last January, at the Lakeland International Speedway, which is now closed down, we all know, for the Speed Fest deal, David Streamy was there, and I went up and talked to Streamy. He was involved with uh, Randy. We were going to do some sponsorship with him, and we talked a little bit. And uh, and to hear him, hear Streamy talk about his relationship with Weaver was pretty impressive too. So uh, Weaver, so he was he's among some good competition. He's a great, he's a good race. He's a great all around person. Talking to him, you could hear that in his mind. Most definitely, he's a great family, great family deal right there. Most definitely, that is cool, man. He's got 260 career wins. 14 track championships in Tennessee. Yeah, different racetracks. He hit the nail on his head, on the head, Joe. There's a bunch of great racetracks in Tennessee, and I'm telling oh, you, no there's doubt. a bunch of great racers. And this is one of the things that, that I really feel, and, and I really think that if the opportunity came up, you could keep a lot of them guys in Tennessee if you just put the money up. You know, and he's right. That's something me and him talked about. You got different racetracks. If, 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 if they would stop being greedy here. And run late models. You run them the first weekend. I run them the second weekend. So and so run them the third weekend. So and so run the fourth weekend. And do the five thousand or seven thousand a night. You know, I think it'll work. You'll get them guys. I mean, look how many cars showed up at Cleveland. You got an entry fee on them anyway. What's the difference? Look how many people. If you know you're running supers and you got a chance every week that Jimmy Owens could show up or Bloomer could walk in the house or or Randy Weaver could come in the house, people's gonna pay the money to come see them guys. And don't get me wrong, if it's 12 bucks, it's 12 bucks. They'll pay that to see. Who wouldn't pay $12 to watch a 5,000 win Super Late Model Race? All day long. 30 laps, All day 40 long. laps, 5,000 win. Who wouldn't pay it? They're paying $25 to watch them run for five grand or eight grand. Yeah. I hear you. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm sitting at this table with a conversation with you. Why? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What does that mean? That <laughs> you can do much better? Oh, that, he put the big L on his forehead, ladies and gentlemen. Loser. All right, now this this week might just I'm going to get my chance, Joe. You got your chance. I'm going to get my Dude, chance. Dude, your 15 minutes is 14 or gold, okay? <laughs> so you got one minute, okay, to get it. Now, let me tell you something, Billy. You you, you are doing everything possible for your chance. Okay? I'm going to get my chance. Nobody is working harder for that chance. It's going to happen. I'm going to get my chance. All right. Ocala Speedway, you're back in action on Friday night. Modifieds this Friday night. uh Looking forward to the Modifieds come back. Last time they was there, we got rained out, so kind of looking forward to it. Uh, this will be their warm-up race. Actually, we start their points racing this week, and then uh, we the following week we have the late models, and then the week after that will be the Summer Silver, which is 1500 to win the mod. Nice. So bring your mods out this Friday and get them dialed in for two Fridays from now or three Fridays from now. No doubt. That should be interesting. 1500 to win a mod. Last time we had a big show for the mods, we had over 30 of them, and I look forward to doing that. And you know me, I'm going to be ringing up the phones oh, this absolutely. week and next week at all at all costs. And uh, we're ready to go. I mean, I'm I'm excited about Ocala Speedway. Uh, we're getting our we're going to get our hobby stock car count back up, and uh, a lot of guys are just having fun uh, having finance troubles. But uh, the Thunderstock class is strong. Oh, it strong. is. I Chris Fontaine had a great car again Friday night. Uh, something let go in the heat race, but uh, he had a good car. And, and uh, you know, we go out there and beat Chris Fontaine. You're saying something. Chris Fontaine finished 20th in Martinsville the trucks a couple weeks ago, but uh, that Thunderstock class is pretty impressive. Congratulations to Dylan Wood, the late model winner, Saturday Night Evolution. Now, this Saturday night, Easter Eve, Modifieds are back in action. Sportsman Street Stocks, those ever so suspenseful Thunder Stocks, and, of course, four-cylinder Challengers. Easter Egg Hunt at 7 o'clock, and uh, should be another great night of racing. And, of course, we look forward to Easter on Sunday. You know, this weekend is Easter, 
I'm going to stay close to home this weekend. It's Easter with the family. Uh, Good. Go out and get some dirt on your face. Or just get some dirt on your dog. Thanks, everybody. Good night.